It used to be thought that the events that changed the world were things like big bombs, maniac politicians, huge earthquakes, or vast population movements. But it has now been realized that this is a very old-fashioned view held by people totally out of touch with modern thought. The things that really change the world, according to chaos theory, are the tiny things. A butterfly flaps its wings in the Amazonian jungle, and subsequently a storm ravages half of Europe. Neil Gaiman from Good Omens. Welcome to the Kinky Nerdy Polly Podcast. Hello, I'm G. And I'm N. And today we're going to be talking about the social ripples of being in a polycule. Yes, in this episode we will be discussing how distant relationships in your polycule can ripple over and affect you in both constructive and destructive ways. Yes, so I want to pick this out as a topic, partially because... I've recently had to sort of navigate some negative social ripples, which I'm not, if I'm being completely honest, I'm not sure if I'm doing a great job of over the past couple months. But also, I can't deny that just being in the polycule has had a massive positive impact on my life. Uh, and I thought it'd be good to sort of start with, start with the good stuff, start with the stuff that has really positively impacted our lives and what do you think em i think that's a great idea i'm all for as we were talking in our pre-talk you know there things are that are sad happen in life there's also beauty so let's start with the beauty yeah so a big big thing that happened that was positive effect for me was i got kicked out of my place during the middle of the pandemic yeah i remember that that was that was not great that was not great but i was able to live at a metamore's house c who i actually didn't know that well at the time uh, but because i was a part of the polycule i sort of got vouched for i guess would be the word like as being a not terrible person and it kind of worked out because you know c was living with jay at the time and i was sort of house sitting for for c so it worked out really well, and the house was really nice. So was I remember better, that house, yeah. Yeah, honestly, it was a better living situation than I had previously. And I, I want to interject here because it's actually, imagine the, the ripple of the ripple of the ripple, because here I am, your partner. Yes. And now I get to visit you in that amazing house, and I get to be in that environment, in that amazing, beautiful environment. And for me, I benefited, right? So like, this is the... How far removed person in this relationship, and I'm even benefiting. So in that way, we can have so much gratitude yeah. for the people in our polycule. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying metamorph, but it's really my meta metamorph. Right, which would make them my meta 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 metamorph. Yeah, my um, metamorph three times removed. Uh, so that was a massive material benefit to me, like at a time where I really needed. Like, I was essentially going to be homeless if I didn't find a place. And because of the polycule, like, I didn't have to either A, go onto the streets, or B, even worse, move back in with my parents. I like that you labeled them in that order, and I would concur as your partner. <laughs> and then another really good benefit for the polycule, and this isn't going to apply for everybody's polyamory style, this sort of applies to 
sort of my style of being willing to like be friends with people in my polycule and sort of do kitchen table poly stuff is I've been able to make a lot of new friends as an adult. This is something that, at least according to the internet, I've read a bunch of articles talking about how difficult it is for adults to make friends. And I think being a part of the polycule has made it a lot easier to to meet new people, make friends with people, because I'm not going to say I like all of my partner's metamors. I'd say the vast majority of them I like. Right, yeah, and I will say too, I've definitely met, I'm just going to concur with your entire statement and say, I've definitely met a lot of cool, get it? <laughs> C-U-L-E, cool, cool people through my polyamorous relationships. Not just like good friends, but good connections to health professionals, good connections to people who have like so many skills that I can learn from. So even if we're not the closest of friends, knowing someone who, oh, they're a massage therapist or they're really good at baking or they like to crochet and getting to like learn from people and and share knowledge. So even just apart from the emotional fulfillment of having more friends and getting to meet people that you jive with, you can learn new skills, you can acquire new knowledge, even just listening to people share about their special interests, you know, and hear about them. Yeah. Uh, even though some of these people, because like sometimes we'll have, you know, large gatherings at people's houses, and that'll be a good time to meet people's like metamors, 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 right? And you might never talk to that person again, maybe. But in that moment, you've learned, you've acquired something like a new skill or you've learned a new fact or... Yeah. Yeah. Or you meet somebody who's really into My Hero Academia. Yes. Yeah. Oh, just, oh, that was enthusiastic. <laughs> yes, you get to meet people who like the anime you like, which... <laughs> Also, to find other adults who really like anime is, can be difficult too sometimes. I'd be down to watch My Hero with you. Oh, I think, yeah, My Hero is great. Not that we need to make this the My Hero podcast, but yeah. So I think like I really treasure just all of these connections, even if those people aren't my friends that I'm hanging out with every week. But yeah. Yeah. As sort of a part of this, I've also been sort of introduced to new communities I recently got into doing regional burns, a la Burning Man, but not in a hot desert. And I found that I really enjoy going out to those events. I feel myself slowly <laughs> becoming a burner, which has been an interesting, but sometimes also aggravating process. I'm here to support you in whatever way, and I can't wait for you to have like your spiritual epiphany moment. <laughs> Where you're oh like, God. yes, it was not transform us. It was transform me. Oh, no. <laughs> so. Um, and I guess lastly, I want to say, if it weren't for the polycule, Em and I probably would not have started dating. That's that's absolutely true. Yeah. It all started with that at Chili, Chili Night. Night. Yeah. yeah. Like we'd, we'd met each other sort of socially before, but mostly just when you're like teaching classes in the King scene. Yep. And I think that was the sort of first time we had met socially outside of the kink scene. Yeah, and that was such an interesting connection, how it all happened. Yes. I was very surprised when it turned out to be you. Yeah. And and I guess, now that I think about it, this podcast would not exist because of the, without the polycule. Because we wouldn't have started, we wouldn't have met, and we wouldn't have started this, dating. This wouldn't have even started. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And so this is like the butterfly effect. That's what this episode is like. 
how the polycule creates the butterfly effect. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's about all the notes I had for the good stuff. Right. And I think it was really good for us to start on that because like we want to emphasize that there are so many amazing things about having a support network and a community that you can get through your metamors. You know, you might not know them all personally. You might not know them all very well. Maybe even some of them that you don't like, but there could still be benefits of having those people in your life. Yeah, and I think, because just looking, it looks like we've got more notes in the bad stuff section. I think one thing I'd like to sort of emphasize is that a lot of times sort of good stuff or good news is kind of the status quo. That's why it doesn't really leap out at us. Like one of one of my a YouTuber I used to watch a lot when he's talking about this phenomenon of like good news being the status quo was like, today was yet another day when the Golden Gate Bridge did not fall down. And, you know, hundreds of thousands or thousands of people used it to cross it safely without any incident. Like, that's really good news and does not make any sort of big splash in the news because it's just the status quo. That's a great way to phrase that. I totally agree. And I know at the same time that you... Oh, well, oh, and the other thought about that is that it's just like people who are more likely to leave a review if they have something bad to say or something negative to say as opposed to leaving that review because you felt really good about it. So it's a little bit biased in that way. But I know that part of your motivation for having this episode was to discuss that, yes, there can be destructive or negative consequences or rippling effects. So why don't you start us off with that? So, yeah, the reason I wanted to do this was because I have found, at least in like the past, I'd say like six or seven months, there's been a sort of a lot of drama in the polycule. Nothing I'm sort of directly related to. It's all sort of been meta meta more distanced from me. But it's led to some complications and has led to me sort of wondering what's the best way to navigate these this kind of drama. Cause there's no there's no good social script for it, right? There's no you know, there's no like lifetime movie about what to do when the polycule splits up well you know there might be someday someday but right now there's no no right now there's not so yeah i've had there's basically been a split in the polycule and i'm kind of friendly with both factions factions like they're duking it out yeah i mean it's it's been pretty serious like basically like there's I don't want to get into like the down and dirty details, but you know, there's been accusations. People have basically been forbidden to go to other people's places. There's been quite a few knock-on effects. Roommates have been asked to leave houses. It's 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 not been pretty. That sounds really unfortunate. I'm sorry. Yeah. And it's weird having this sort of because I'm sort of friendly with most everybody in the disagreement. I have sort of an eagle eyes view of everything, which is kind of awkward as well. For example, like I was uh, I was looking to move, which I have moved recently, and there was a possibility that I might move in with one of the people who got asked to leave the house. Uh, that didn't end up working on the end. No bad stuff, just timing wise didn't work out. And then later I went dancing with one of the people who did own the house 
And they told me, oh, yeah, we're searching for like roommates right now. Ah, this is this is incredibly awkward for me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know how to, to respond to that. So I'm just going to skirt past that particular topic and talk about something else. Yeah, that sounds very stressful. And while, you know, you're part of because you're my partner, you're part of the po- my polycule as well. Like every polycule has like kind of like big branches, like a tree, like a yeah. family tree, you know, and a polyamory tree. And so like that's on a big branch. Yeah, that's separate from my big branch. But I've the only negative consequence and it's not even negative about this situation is that I've had to obviously listen to you talk about that. This this hurt me. Mm-hmm. And that's an emotional consequence that has even rippled down to me. Yeah. But of course, like I'm here to support you. So in that sense, it's not necessarily like, quote unquote, negative, but it is like a not great outcome, right? It is like, oh, these things that these people that I don't even think I know them yeah, are actually like trickling down to you, which trickles down to me because I'm here like, oh, this is a shitty situation that you're in. I don't like that for you. You're my partner. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been it's been incredibly awkward for me. And I especially since since I'm not like directly involved in any of the conflict. Like, I, 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 I've heard multiple sides of the story. They don't always line up with each other. I'm kind of, nobody's acted shitty towards me. It's hard for me to kind of determine, like, what actually happened. And also, honestly, it's not my job to determine what actually happened. But it's just been hard to navigate. Like, I want to go, ideally, I'd like to be able to hang out with all these people without there being any issue but you know it feels awkward yeah i can't really like if i go hang out with someone else i can't really bring that up with the other people in the polycule and yeah it's just it's just kind of been a mess and i don't i don't know if i've been handling it perfectly well yeah i've definitely been in those situations where even like between friends and especially this would happen in high school where like you would have one of those friends who like gets kind of cut off from the group for whatever reason and then you're still friends with them but then it's like oh if I go hang out with them now I can't talk about it with my fr- my, my group of friends because that person is disliked you know for whatever reason in that group and so it becomes kind of hard to like keep these things to yourself yeah and obviously you know the I mean I, I suspect like you could probably point to this as being like one of the disadvantages of kitchen table polyamory is like this kind of if you're if you're just doing sort of solo polyamory, like this doesn't really like happen as much. But because we're all friendly, for, for the most part, we're all friendly. Like I th- I think if I were to try to sort of relate to something, it'd be like if a monogamous couple broke up, and like their friends had to kind of decide whether they try to recommend to both of them or choose right. to be like friends with only one of them, which I probably think is the closest to like a how that would work in like a monogamous how it relates to monogamous relationship yeah where people have to take sides after a breakup basically yeah Yeah. and so even that can happen in polyamory yeah and i think you know the more connections there are the more likely there is to cause a conflict or disagreement so even if you're not immediately in a relationship with someone it can really have unforeseen consequences just having all of these connections like the more you it's like i think the law of large numbers and i'm probably using that incorrectly but Mm. The idea that like, yeah, the incidence is going to increase. The more connections you have, the more chances of butting heads, the more chances of these things occurring. 
Yeah, I mean, the more the more personalities you throw into a mix, the more likely somebody is going to bump heads with somebody else. Right. And I have a personal story, too, of something that happened that was, you know, the consequence of, a, of someone doing a thing. And so this was my metamorph bringing around a potential partner, so a potential meta-metamorph. Yeah. And it turns out that that person was very anti-kink. Oh, that's awkward. So, you know, me being kinky in that space became very hard to navigate. So, you know, like your your metamors, metamors views, because like they believe that kink could not be consensual. They believe that if you are doing those things, you are engaging in non-consensual activities. Obviously, we fundamentally agreed on that point. And so I felt like... Disagreed? Uh, sorry, fun- yeah, did I say agreed? Yeah. We fundamentally disagreed on that point. So it was tricky and you don't want to tell someone oh you can't date that person or you can't have them around but it's kind of came to that point where i was like well can i feel safe here knowing that that part of my identity i have to like hide on purpose now not that i and here's the thing too it's not like i was outwardly talking about kink all the time to whoever but this is like someone in my polycule who you know was coming over to our house and so you know I mean, also, I like kink is. I'm not saying you talk about kink 24 seven, but I, I'm I'm willing to say like kink is like a primary like core identity, core identity for you. Mm-hmm. So having somebody who's and another major rippling effect that I can think of when it comes to polyamorous relationships is managing spread of diseases and infections like STIs, like COVID nineteen. And many other things that can get passed around very quickly as you have more and more connections between people. So this is a physical risk. I think with this, like, open communication is really important. But here's the thing. You might be open with your partner. But that doesn't mean, like, that you know necessarily what's going on with your metamorphs metamor. Yeah. So I think in these cases, you really want to discuss, like, what is being communicated to who and how and when and who like really needs to be informed versus wants to be informed. Some people are like, I don't need to know about all that. Some people are immunocompromised. Maybe they're like, I need to know about that. And you might have someone who's like very far removed from you. Like, you know, your third cousin in a metamor, third, what third more metamor three times, three times removed. Word. There's the yeah. phrase. Yeah. Like, you might not personally know them, but you might need to know because it turns out your partner was over their house because of the other, you know? Yeah. So you might need to know, oh, I have the potential of exposure. Yeah. I mean, I know I kn- there's a bunch of people who, even though they're poly, basically, like, during during the pandemic, they basically sort of shut down, like, anybody who wasn't. Any sort of outside communication that wasn't with their nesting partner. Not communication, but any sort of physical visit that wasn't with their nesting partner. You know, one person was getting ready for brain surgery, so... Yeah, Yeah, you don't want to fuck that up. Don't want to mess that up by getting sick. And of course, you've got the recovery time to factor in as well. STIs is also a big thing. I think, uh, you know, it's good to have like... uh, But, you know, nothing is... Even with, like, good communication and good testing regimens, like, it's not foolproof. Absolutely. Like, you know, yeah, you, you, you can try your best and still bad things happen. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely, like, physical risks in polyamory do occur. And I think they should be 
assessed at a, at a personal level and that they're also time specific. And that can mean like, how quickly do you have to communicate it because of the potential for it to spread? Or it could mean right now the COVID rates are really low. Like I'm saying hypo hypothetically, because actually right now they're quite high. But you could imagine a situation where, okay, COVID rates are really low. And so now the polycule is getting together a little bit more often. But again, at each level, there needs to be like a personal assessment of, you know, what that looks like to them. But actually, I had found out that right now, as I mentioned, COVID rates are back on the rise. And, you know, my doctor personally recommended to me that I should start masking in indoor public spaces again. Okay. So because of you know, so again, it's it's time specific because there are certain measures that might need to be taken at different times. Similar to the physical risks, there are, of course, emotional risks. We talked about, you know, your example was a huge emotional risk, but also the potential for physical risk because like of your home situation, right? Yeah. But I think with physical or so emotional risk, so like a metamorphs bad day could have indirect consequences to you. Yeah, it, it can like, you know, Moods can be infectious, right? It's like both good, both bad and good moods can be infectious. You know, one person treats you badly, like when you're on the metro or the subway, and you just like get grumpy when you get to work, and you snap at one of your office workers, and you know, or somebody could be nice to you on the metro or subway, and the exact opposite stuff happens. You know, these moods can be contagious, and I think it's helpful to try to be mindful of that. Absolutely. And I think, again, it needs to be assessed by the individual. And even though it's assessed at the individual level, I think that it can be discussed with partners or with third parties. If you like, let's just say your partner is affected and you don't want to like exacerbate their situation, then like talking to a therapist about it, if they're polyamory friendly, especially can be helpful because then you can sort of hash out those emotions. And you can also Think about what emotional boundaries do I want to have in place? Just like you get to have physical boundaries of like, well, you know, I don't want to go to this person's house because there's been an exposure or something like that. You get to have emotional boundaries as well. So hashing those out with a third party can be super helpful because then they're removed from the polycule. Like they're not having the effects yeah. of the polycule on them. But actually, if to wrap this rack, to wrap this round back to a good thing, I have also found that, there, you know, when there's been like sort of times of crisis for people, they've been able to sort of like, you know, you want when looking for emotional support, you basically sort of want to look sort of outside the people who are currently in the crisis. So they've been able to sort of turn to the polycule and like being able to get like emotional support. And I've definitely been able to like go to people as like, look, I need to vent about something. And do you have the spoons to deal with me venting about something? And, you know, nine times out of ten, the answer is yes. Yeah, so the polycule can be an emotional support network. Yeah. In in addition to an emotional... Risk um, factor. Risk factor, yeah. I mean, in some ways, those are, like, inherently combined, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, it opening yourself up just is inherently risky, and you just kind of have to accept that about life. Absolutely. So, do we have any final thoughts on these both destructive and constructive things. I guess one of the things if I was, you know, going to be on the receiving end of this podcast, one of the things that I would want to know, G, is like, well, what do we do about it? What are the act? Because you even said like, you didn't know how to navigate this. There's no, so I had mentioned going to a therapist so you can navigate that way. But is there anything else besides that that we can really do 
in order to better understand these rippling effects of the polycule? Ugh, that I feel like is an actually tricky question. I'd say that at least the way that I've been trying to handle things is to a certain, especially for like events that I was not a part of and don't know and probably will never know like all of the details of uh, just because, you know, people's people's perceptions distort the truth and so on and so forth. It just I just kind of have started to I, I compartmentalize like, look, like, yes, I've heard bad things about these people. I don't know the full extent of it. And the the accusations are not of the sort of horrendous sort, which sort of even even the hint that they're true is like really bad. So I just kind of compartmentalize and be like, look, like these are the people. This is my relationship I have with them. And yeah, it kind of sucks that I can't just like sort of freely communicate in my polycule right now. And maybe that will change in time. Like, it's not unheard of for like people to make amends. Seems unlikely right now, but it's not impossible. So maybe things will improve in the future. But at least for right now, I'm going to continue to just sort of compartmentalize things and occasionally like, you know, talk to you and be like, yeah, this is an awkward situation I'm in. I think that's great advice, G. So thanks so much for bringing this topic up. I think, you know, if you like this podcast and you want to share it with your partners, your metamors, your metamors, or your metamors three times removed, you know, just share it with them and see what they think of the podcast. Yeah, we'd love to know what their thoughts are. And of course, you can always donate using the link at the bottom of the show notes. Well, this is M. This is G. Don't be afraid to love how you love. Love what you love. And love who you love. If you'd like to get in touch with either M or myself, you can tweet us at KNP Podcast. You can find us at knppodcast.tumblr.com, or you can email us at kinky.nerdy.poly at gmail.com. I just started playing this game called Cult of the Lamb. Now, you okay. might have heard about it. I have heard about it. Now, what are your impressions about it, G? So, I'm going to be honest, I have not actually played it i do know a couple of people who have uh, from what i remember it's kind of a combination of a roguelike and a sort of base management builder yeah and it's got a very cute art style and the premise is that you are the chosen one of some eldritch being mm-hmm. and you are trying to depose of depose other eldritch beings which imprisoned your sponsor or patron a long time ago is am i am i so far on the track that's the crux of it that's the meat of it yeah and you know so two people recommended this game to me yeah you know my partner x and also my friend n they both said oh you will like this game it's cute it's a roguelike it is messed up okay it is fucking messed up I don't know. I keep playing it. And X was like, you know, you don't have to play it. And I was like, but now I'm like, I've started I've started and I have to see this through. But it's really messed up game. You know, your followers are basically resources. And I feel like, you know, you can choose to be less evil in the game. Yes. But you can't choose to be good in the game. No. So, yeah, I think this game has really messed me up internally 
and <laughs> I may never overcome it. <laughs>